0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: And so I'll just tell you a little bit about me before I get rolling in tonight to kind of set up um, my heart and what I think the Lord wants to do. Um, When the Lord Lord sent me to India starting in 2015, and um, I spent about five years going back and forth to India uh, I would spend about two months out of the year in India. Uh, I've worked with over 6,000 pastors in India, getting them baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, just seeing a lot of, you know, crusade work and you know, thousands of people coming to an altar to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, we would see amazing, just wild, supernatural things like deaf-mutes, the Lord would give me a word of knowledge about a deaf-mute. Mm-hmm. Deaf-mute would come, they would bring the deaf-mute forward Lay hands on him and boom! In one night, the 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 kid is hearing um, and speaking, and um, we just saw such a, such a supernatural outpour um, when I was in India. Um, and the Lord would, you know, the Lord has a has a plan to mess you up, to change your perspective so that your heart matches His. And you know, I thought the real call was about India, um, but what it really was about is. When I would see the people, literally, that had nothing, they had nothing to eat, they had, you know, they're sleeping on dirt floors in huts, um, and they would run to the altar because any time, you know, there's any uh, hope, any potential of somebody not going to bed with their head spinning and, you know, from hunger and all the other stuff they deal with, they would run to an altar, right? And, man, I would get saturated for two and three weeks at a time Seeing you know miracles every day and seeing you know these pastors uh, thirsting after the spirit, getting baptized in the spirit. And um, when I would come back to America, man, I'd, I'd walk into churches and I, all I could do is cry. I, I mean, I was messed up because the contrast, right? And a lot of America is numb because they have no contrast, okay. And the Lord is awakening armies around the world. I don't know if you can see the pattern of what's going on right now, but all this stuff politically in the last three, four years, people are questioning everything. People's eyes are starting to be open. They're coming out of dead places, and they're searching because they know there's got to be more, right? And that's that's the beginning of something the Lord can mold and work with, okay? Um, and I believe, you know, just in, my, in the pattern of my life, um, just... Uh, since the Lord kind of put a pause on India for a while the last three years all I've been doing is doing weekends with people like Jackie and Steve calling me and saying hey we heard about the Holy Spirit will you come and you know my Rochester friends and you know everybody else and you know that's what we do um and so the intent of this is that this isn't just another church service that you walk out of here so messed up, you're like questioning everything, and that the, the, the presence of the Lord is so profound on you that your heart is burning after Him, Amen. so that you can actually be different to the world. Amen. Okay? We don't need another denomination. We, we need somebody on fire Amen. who will not worry about what the world's perception of a Christian is. You'll be so in love with the Lord that you'll reflect His glory, and you'll be releasing it everywhere you go. Amen?
2: Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen.
1: All right, so, um, you know, that kind of sets up the question. um, I want to, I felt like the Lord wanted me to ask you this question. um, How deceived are you? (laughs) Wait a minute, this is supposed to be a church service. Now I'm being real. I mean, this is how the real prophetic guys, this is how real apostles preach. They, they, they start identifying uh, why you're numb. They start identifying why there's no power. They start identifying why you don't look like the book of Acts so that you can walk away from the dead thing and hang on to the living God. Because if you're hanging on to the living God, supernatural things happen, okay? I mean, I, I, uh, I started working with the Rochester guys. Um, raise your hand, Rochester guys. Um, I started working with the Rochester guys like in September, just like eight months ago, right? And when I started working with them, um, there were few, very few people that dreamed or, or had the vision of the Lord. And last weekend, everybody in the room is prophesying. Everybody in the room is participating in casting out devils. Everybody in the room is laying hands on people when all of a sudden the presence of the Lord comes and He wants to do something with somebody, right? That's called an army, Right? That went from a bunch of people that were willing to just sit and listen to one guy in a pulpit spend 30 minutes tickling your ears making you feel good. Right? Um, that's 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 not the way church is supposed to be. The true apostolic calling is to build the people. To release the anointing of the Lord upon the people that you hear God. That you actually hear His voice. That you cast out demons. You heal the sick. You raise the dead. That's not the pastor's job. The true apostolic call of the guy leading a house, a true house of God, is to equip the people to hear his voice, teach you to be so sensitive to his leading, because where he leads you, the vision he gives you, he's going to do it. It's not if he's going to do it, he will do it. Okay? And so I'm going to talk to you a lot tonight about discerning of spirits. and a words of knowledge, they're very closely related gifts, um, but they're hunting gifts. They're gifts that hunt the enemy and release the power of God upon the people, okay? When the Lord awakened Jeremiah, he touched his mouth and he said, I'm putting my word, my prophecy, my, the ability to see what I'm seeing, what, what I'm showing you, Okay, when he puts his word in his mouth, he's not talking about the ability to regurgitate scripture. He's not talking about the ability to repeat a bunch of, well, I know what Luke 10 12 says. I know what, I don't care about what that says. I care about what he's saying right now because this guy needs healed, because that girl needs delivered, because this person has an issue in their life. What is God saying right now? You can teach anybody to read a Bible, but. The Lord only reveals His heart to those who chase Him. Amen? Amen. And the American church is void of people who chase after the Lord, trained to come on Sundays, trained to just come and sit and get your your checkbox in, make you you feel good. Oh, that was good worship. I don't know about that pastor's message today, but it was okay. No. The purpose of a church is that you gather together to hear what the Lord is saying to you because you have a purpose. And that's that's the biggest issue in the life of, of men. What's your purpose? If you ask the question, when you when you ask people, most of them say, I oh, don't know, I put truck parts together for the last thirty years on the assembly line. That's not your purpose. Every person in here has a destiny, a call of God on their life, and very few people find it. You know why? Because there's very few apostolic leaders that will lead you into an equipping of the Holy Spirit to hear with an expectation that you would hear and pray and relate to what He's saying to you because my story is an is a, is a unbelievable story. I was a drunk guy. I was I, I, until age 35. I was climbing a corporate ladder and I was, I was a drunk guy, numb because money couldn't fill the void because I couldn't go fast enough to fill the void. Okay, Nothing could fill the void I figured out that Holy heck I chased a career And the career can't fill the void mm-hmm. And all of a sudden when I, when I was broken The Lord could finally use me And He, he, he awakened me And I'm not going to tell that story tonight Because it takes too long But He awakened me and, then, and, and after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit And He spoke to me all night long um, And I knew His voice He started sending me to pray for people And that should not be an unusual story Tell your neighbor, that should be your story. That should be your story. Amen, that should be your story. So, now that I kind of gave you a little bit of a cheat sheet of my expectation, I've got to ask you the same question. How deceived are you? Jesus said, these signs will follow me. In my name, you'll cast out demons, you'll heal the sick, you'll raise the dead, you will do greater works than me. Is that your resume? Why not? Come on, Jesus said, "The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring sight to the blind, to set the captive free." Right? Is that your resume? Yes. yes. Come on, church.
2: Yes.
1: Come on. If you if you are in His presence and in His glory, hearing His voice, that is your resume. When you roll out of bed in the morning, it's like, "Whoa, who's getting delivered today? Who is getting lit on fire today? Because I got a purpose." Come on, I got a purpose. Yeah. purpose. You know your purpose, church. Yes. I mean, most people, people wander, walk around like like robots, like wondering what a, what a, you know. Just I'm going to make the donuts. All you old people probably remember that commercial. Older than me, you probably remember, right? The old the old Dunkin' Donut commercial. The guy would wake up every day, the alarm would go off, and he go, "Time to make the donuts." No, your job's not to make the donuts. Your job is to hear. Your job is to hear. Because if you hear, you're unstoppable. If you you do what He tells you to do, you're unstoppable. Okay? Amen? Amen. So Father, I I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that You would remove the illusion from, from the hearts of the people. I pray, Lord, that every form of deception, every form of darkness that they grew up in, that they were cursed with, that let them settle in the dead religion, Lord. I pray tonight that would that would be their night. I pray that You would remove it, that it would be stripped from their heart, Lord, and Your glory would rest on them. Lord, let Your glory rest on them, Lord. I pray that they would become demon hunters. I pray that they don't just blame things on, well, that guy's just sick. I pray, Lord, that they would see the demonic powers that cause the sickness and disease, that cause those deaf mutes to not, to not be able to hear or talk, that they would hunt those, that they would hunt the darkness, instead of being afraid of it or or thinking that it doesn't exist. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit to to begin to fall on the hearts of the people right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You see, your goal is not to be safe. Your goal is to be supernatural. Your goal, the, the American church has a wrong goal. The wrong goal. You just put money in a bucket. You get money back. Provision. Come on. Come on. How do, you be, how do you be safe? You know, Jesus didn't live safe. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually heard His Father say, Guess what? Today I'm sending you into the house to overturn your money, changing tables. Mm-hmm. This day I'm sending you into the Samaritan and you're going to pray for a woman. She's going to get healed at the well. Yes. This day I'm going to send you to preach to the 5,000. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus wasn't, didn't live safe. And I could tell you India stories, uh, I don't have time tonight, but I could tell you India stories where the Lord led me into the darkest places you could possibly fathom, okay? And I had no one to trust but Him because He sent me there. And if He sent me there, whether I lived or died was not the intent. What His mission was to send me there was the intent. So get that out of your head. America is about you being safe and comfortable. That's not the call of God. That's why, people, that's why the church isn't on fire, because you have a safe mentality. Amen? Amen. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Remove, my Remove my false perception of safety. Of safety. Let, my Let my heart be set on you instead of my physical and natural needs. <inaudible> Amen. Amen. So here's the deal, guys. You have an enemy. That is intended to blind you. Okay, you have an enemy that's intended to blind you. Ephesians two two says that you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that blinds the hearts of men. Right? Um, Paul, First uh, John four says this: uh, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Okay, test the spirits. Jesus said this, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He comes to devour men. Peter said it this way, Be sober and diligent, for Satan roams around like a roaring lion looking who he may devour. That includes making numb. That includes being tolerant of just getting by in life. Of not really knowing His voice, not knowing your purpose, not knowing who He is and the call of God that's upon your life. Amen? Amen? It's deception. The point, the point of those scriptures is the reveal that Satan has a plan for you to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually. Amen? No. Do you know that? Yes. Do, you, do you fight the enemy that tries to make or tries to keep you blind? Yes. So if you're fighting the enemy, that means you're, 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 you're winning and you're hearing God, right? Yes. Yes. Because if you're hearing God, you're in purpose doing His mission, doing His work. Amen? Amen? Yes. Right there's there, there's no middle ground. You're either dead or you're alive. Okay, I, I love you guys, but I'm I'm talking to you like a, like an apostolic leader who wants the army of the Lord awakened and not willing to let you sit numb like the rest of America. So you're either alive in Christ in the mission of God, listening to His voice and going where He's where He sends you and what He's. Uh, Showing you to lay hands on whoever and even pray for people and do supernatural things, or you're not. Right? I don't care about your checkbox going to church on Sunday. It doesn't really mean anything to me. Tell me about your prayer life. Tell me about whether or not you hear Him and whether He's speaking to you and whether you're tormented at night, whether you're in anxiety and fear and, and, and how long you've been willing to tolerate it. Okay? That, that will tell me about your Christian walk. Not, not about the checkbox on Sunday or whatever day of the week you decide to, you know, visit visit the place that has a cross on the door. Amen? So the point is, what would make a nation numb? What would make most of the denominationalized Christians in America numb? What, what would do that? It's not Jesus, is it? Did, did I not just read you some scriptures that says that there are spirits who deceive, just like Adam and Eve were deceived? Right, there are spirits who work to deceive the hearts of men. Satan, Satan's not—he's not afraid of somebody answering an altar call. He's not afraid of a guy sitting in the in, a, in the same pew for the last thirty years. What he's afraid of is a person who knows what the Lord is saying to them and is hunting what has been hunting them. What has hunted your bloodlines for the last 20, 30, 40 years, Generations Has it been fear? Has it been a mother in depression? Has it been anxiety? Has it been brokenness? Has it been divorce after divorce after divorce historically? What has it been? What has been hunting you? Do you think those are all just happenstance things? And that these scriptures aren't really real? That... Somehow, they just those are all chance things. No. Satan's plan is to break you, to keep you numb, to imprison you, to enslave you, to get you to even want medicine and I'm not talking bad about medicine, but want medicine without going to the Lord with an expectation of even discerning whether that's a demonic um, source of pain and problems, right? You with me? You see, I'm a, little, I'm, a, I'm a little bit different after spending time in India. I'm, a, I'm the guy who thinks the majority of things that happen bad are demonic. Because I've seen it. I, I, saw, I saw them, um, uh, the story I told you about the deaf mute, they told me that um, at, at a young age they take all of the young kids into Hindu temples and the majority of them come out with a, with a problem because the, because the Hindu priest releases curses on them some of them walk they all walk in normal some of them walk out blind some of them walk out deaf some of them walk out unable to talk some of them walk out with different diseases different problems they walk crooked because of demons and curses that's how strong the the hindu they're basically witch doctors that's 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 real okay okay but that doesn't happen in America. That's only over there because we're we're more civilized over here. Okay. Yeah. here. The, most, the most powerful form of deception is numbness. You know why? Because you tolerate it. You're not luke Jesus said this about being lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold, but I'll spew you out of my mouth. It would be better if you were that you were actually cold. So that you would break and fall down like the like the Indian nation who desperately needs the touch of God. Because at least then the Lord, in in the breaking of the pride, the Lord can work with them. Right? He reveals Himself. And so numbness is actually a, a deceptive form of pride. Okay? It's a deceptive form of, I'm good. I believe my Jesus this way, but even though the Scripture says that Jesus poured out His Spirit upon all flesh, that you will dream dreams, you will prophesy, you will cast out demons, you will heal the sick, you will raise the dead. Yeah, I'm not so sure I even need that stuff. I'm just good where I am because back in 1994, I went to the (laughs) altar. And I've been sitting in my spot listening to my pastor faithfully all these years. Come on, church. The point of this is that the Lord has a plan for your life. And it is profoundly more um, supernatural than you can imagine. Okay? Profoundly more supernatural than you can imagine. And so you have to realize, you have to ask yourself the question, what has been whispering in my ear? What has been making me numb? What has allowed me to accept the numbness? You know, the concept of inception is a whisper, something that whispers in your ear, and controls your thought process because you think it's you. You don't even know that it's an external force. No. Oh yeah, I'm depressed. I'm always going to be depressed because you've whisk- you've let this thing whisper in your ear since you were knee high to a grasshopper. Okay, that's just one example. There's there's thousands of examples, but the point of inception in your thought process is is this most of what you think or, or, or a portion of what you think is your own personality, guess what? You hang around me long enough, you're going to find out that that's probably not your personality. You are not afraid. There's a spirit of fear that has been binding you to keep you afraid. Okay? You are not depressed. There's been a spirit whispering in your ear accepting and receiving your depression. That's not you. That's a spirit. Okay? Okay? Well, how do you know that, Dave? Well, great, great question. Glad you asked. Um, <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. First question is, what's the knowledge of God? The word knowledge there is a Greek word that actually means... What the Lord is saying. Okay? He's discerning the scripture. That scripture is discerning between a stronghold, which is a spirit whispering in your ear, versus you hearing the Lord. Because if you hear the Lord, my experience is this if you hear the Lord, the Lord is a hunter killer. The Lord will hunt that demon, he will chase that demon out of you because he's jealous for you, he wants you. You are His house. You are what He died for. You are the one He is chasing after. Right? And so there's this war between the knowledge of of hearing what the Lord is saying, which reveals the truth. Okay? The Holy Spirit is known in the the New Testament as the Spirit of truth. Right? Why do you need the Spirit of truth? Because you have all these lies. All these lies that have literally convinced you To be woeful, unable, unqualified, depressed, fearful, and willing theologically to sit in a powerless place. Why? You know why? Because it doesn't just happen on an individual level. On an individual level, you have whisperings in your ear. Fear, anxiety, depression, oppression. Right? But on a corporate level, you have what's called theology. Anybody see where I'm going? You have theologies that are demonically inspired. Well, get this denomination to get them. You know, they're allowed to come to the altar. They can claim Jesus all they want, but don't let them have the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why Satan doesn't want you to have the power of the Holy Spirit? Because the guy who goes to the altar, and you're sitting there, and you know, oh, you're all well and good. And you, can, you just you're willing to sit in that pew for, for 30 years. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, Jesus said this, in my name you will cast out demons. You will hunt what has been hunting your bloodline. You will lay hands on people they will recover. You will lay hands on them no prayer comes. You will awaken the army of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Satan doesn't care. That, 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 that's actually the curse of America. You can have Jesus that will control their theology and eradicate the Holy Spirit. Exactly. What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Jesus said this. You can blaspheme me, but if you blaspheme the Spirit, come on, you getting it? Is it sinking in? Jesus loved the Holy Spirit so profoundly. It is the one thing He gave. His command was love, right? And receive the Holy Spirit. Right? When He went to the cross, He ascended. And before He ascended... He told the disciples, the 120, do not leave this city. I'm going to send my spirit upon you and you're going to be a hunter killer just like I was a hunter killer. Oh, you calling Jesus a hunter killer? you dang right I'm calling Jesus a hunter
2: killer. <laughs> if you don't have that mentality, you're
1: missing something. You've been sitting under... Uh, oh, you've been sitting somewhere for too long under a demonically inspired theology that has allowed you to sit impotent. Impotent at Jezebel's table. Impotent, willing to tolerate just eating food. It looks good. It it, it looks meaty. It looks like. But but it doesn't change you. It doesn't make you supernatural. Come on, anybody feel the burning of the Lord? Come on, you feel the burning of the Lord? You see why? You might be saying, why are you talking to us like that? Because I love
2: you. (laughs)
1: Because when I came back from India, I wept. And when I say I wept, I would wail. I would lay on the ground. I would walk into churches. And all I could do was, oh, I would cry for the church. Because the church was dead. You get this guy standing up here and he's, he, he literally reviewed everything he was saying for like three days straight. And he, he, he's, he's moving around, talking, making you feel good, Right? And they're all they're all like mesmerized. Everybody's oh that was a good pastor. And everybody gets up, walks outside, and nobody, nobody walks out of the church on fire. Why is that? Because of demonically inspired doctrines. Paul, Paul warned about it, John warned about it, about theology. They they creep into the churches and they make you think that you arrived, right? But they have a theology. That makes you dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> put it this way Satan's not afraid of an altar call. Satan is afraid of a man or a woman who gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, that falls in love, that chases after the Lord so profoundly that you start walking down the street and doing what the Lord says you're called to do. Yeah. Who, Lord? Oh, the girl in the pink shirt. Ah, do you. Here's the word of the Lord to you. And all of a sudden she starts weeping and crying. And she's encountering God present. Not somebody trying to theologically prove Jesus is alive. Jesus doesn't need you to be a theologian. He actually fought the theologians. He fought the theologians. He did. He fought them. Oh, that's not the way we have unity. Well, you know what? That's how Jesus did it. He said, you are not in my spirit, Mr. Pharisee. You don't hear my father's voice and you claim to be righteous because of what you know, but you can't even see me standing in front of you, the living God. John 5. Read it. And Jesus is saying, I'm looking for a people to be awakened in the power of my spirit. Amen. Somebody who wouldn't look apart. part. Somebody who, whose job wasn't just to fit in. Somebody who would lay on their face day and night, cry out to the Lord yes. until He speaks. And when the fire comes on you, you literally go release the fire of God on people. Amen. 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 You okay? Yeah. You know, I love you, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, spiritual discernment is the most lacking gift in the church today. You know Why? Because spiritual discernment only comes when you are so close to the Holy Spirit that you can actually see the lying spirit. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the majority of the church is numb is because they're not close to the Spirit; they're close to the Scripture.
2: Come on. Wow. Yeah.
1: If that, if that, they'll tolerate the Scripture, but they will not tolerate the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, He's a hunter-killer. He's a hunter-killer. He'll say, that's dead religion. He'll say, you're not alive, you're dead. That's what Those were Jesus' words. Read the book of Revelation, the seven letters of the seven churches. In every correction, he says, if you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He's saying, you compromising church. You church that lets Jezebel prophesy. You church, you think you're alive, you're dead. But you don't hear me but you don't hear me, but you don't hear me, but you don't hear me. If you can hear, if you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches, is that the centerpiece of your life? Come on, church. Come on, man, I love you. You see, spiritual discernment is the most lacking gift in the church. You know why? Because most don't know how to pray. Most don't know how to pray. If I were to ask you how, how to pray... I'd probably get a... How many people in here? 70, 80 people? How many... I'd probably get 70, 80 different answers. Except the people who have been with me for the last eight months. But here's the deal. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit so you can pray in a language called tongues to cry out in the Lord supernaturally because He promises He would speak to you. And the reason why the church isn't empowered is because they don't know how to pray because they've been theologically isolated strategically by demonic powers away from the Holy Spirit. That's a demonic doctrine. There's the Christ and the Antichrist. Right? The word Christ means what? It means anointing. The Holy Spirit. So there's either the Christ, you're in the anointing, or you're in the Antichrist. And if you're not baptized in the anointing, what are you baptized in? Come on, man. What theology are you baptized in? Are you baptized in the voice that speaks? The voice that that flows like a river? The voice that promises that He'll not leave you orphaned? That He will come to you? That He will walk with you? He will awaken you, equip you, send you? He will surround you. He will be all things to you. Because He's here and present. And America doesn't need another theologian. America needs people that walk so boldly in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're like Paul Cogan. Right? You're like, just like, I know what the Lord's going to do here today. I know that the Lord wants to speak to you. I know that the Lord wants to deliver you. I know. Because I know my Father's heart. Right? That's what Jesus said. I know my Father's heart. Right? And if you know the Father's heart, you make yourself vulnerable and you say, all right, Lord, what's the Lord saying to this guy? And all of a sudden, bam. You see, there are people who have sat in theology all all their life, never shed a tear, never never shown any emotion. You know why? Because theology doesn't break a heart. Theology doesn't reveal the heart of God. You know what reveals the heart of God? The voice of God. Amen? Amen? The voice of God is the weapon. It is the only weapon. Every gift of the Spirit flows from the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen? All right. So, do you know His voice, right? Do you know His voice? Do you know His voice? So this concept of words of knowledge and, and discerning of spirits is a real thing. When He touched Jeremiah, He said, I put My words upon your tongue, mm-hmm. Right? And he showed him vision. Jeremiah said, I see the vision. The Lord says, you see well. I will execute what I let you see. Right? And the one key thing the Lord says that when I give you my vision, He says this, I will tear down, root up, and destroy. He's talking about demonic kingdoms and false theologies. And I will build and plant my kingdom. I will build my apostolic mission in the hearts of men. But first I must rip it out. But first I must take what is a lie and rip it out of the heart. Okay? You see, when you prophesy over somebody, you're doing two things. And you're going to see that here tonight. You're going to see people receive prophecies. You're going to see people have hands laid on them. You're going to see people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. When, When a prophecy comes to a man, two things are happening. That one vision of the Lord is actually ripping out the lie. It's exposing the dead thing. Right? You will root out, tear down, and destroy. And then you will build, plant, and establish the vision of God in the hearts of men. Right? So you can read the Bible all day long, but what is your vision? What is the vision the Lord has for you? I didn't know I was going to be called to go to India for five years. I didn't know that I would be in Central America and South America. I didn't know that one day I would be crisscrossed in the United States. Okay? I didn't know it until He showed me vision. And when I sat there in my woefulness and said, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. I, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. He rips out the inability. And he drops his ability. Amen. Because he has to rip out that whispering lie that says you can't. Okay? Tell, tell your neighbor this. Tell him, I don't care if you say you can't. I don't care if you say you can. The Lord says you can't. When the Lord prophesies to you, come on, when the Lord prophesies to you, He's releasing His ability in your life. Amen? People say, why do you pray every day? Why do you pray in tongues like two, three hours, four hours, sometimes ten hours a day? You know why? Number one, I'm in love, and I can't wait for the next thing He's going to talk to me about. I can't wait for the vision that says, oh, oh. Not only am I sending you into the Baptist church to raise the dead, not only am I sending you into the Nazarene church to raise the dead, I'm going to start sending you into the Catholic church to raise the dead. Oh, let's do it. Amen, let's do it. Come on, church. My gosh, what are you going to talk to me about tonight? What are you going to talk to me about tomorrow? Amen? You see, the nature of a killer, when you know the Holy Spirit you have to understand that the blood of Christ was shed for the people. It wasn't shed for the demonic world. Amen. And the heart of Christ is after His people. He wants His people brought forward, drawn close to the throne, not just memorizing a couple of scriptures after they go to an altar. He wants them brought close to the presence of the Lord. And to do that, you've got to rip out demonic powers. It's a hunter-killer concept. Okay? The Holy Spirit's a hunter-killer. Let me let me read you a scripture, just in case you're, you, you have any doubts. Revelation uh, 2.20. Nevertheless, I have this against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants. To commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And that's symbolism, guys. He's not talking about... He is talking about literally idol worship. But he's talking about being idle in making people numb. Um, Theologies that make people dead teach you things that allow you to just sit in pews and do nothing all your life. Okay? Those are lies. Okay? Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into a great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am He who searches the minds and the hearts.
2: Whoa, that's
1: not pretty Jesus like the American culture paints. Jesus is just lovey-dovey. Who's Jesus talking about when He starts talking about literally killing their children? He's, He's talking, it's a symbolism of the demonic world. He's a hunter-killer of the demonic world that enslaves and blinds His people and He's looking for people to be awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost that you would dream dreams and have visions and go speak His vision to people and break that demonic powers off of them so they can be brought forth. He's putting the demons into their place. He's putting them in the sick place. You know what happens when He has to of somebody? Luke, Luke, uh, Luke 11 says this, that when a demon is cast out of a person, it goes to dry places looking for rest. And when it has none, it comes back searching for a home. You know a demon is in torment outside of a human body? They, they don't have the presence of the Lord. And the only energy they can get is their host, which is if you let them there, guess what? That's, where, that's the only way they get energy. If they are not connected to a human host, they are out in a desert place. That's the words of Jesus. Luke 11, go look it up. They are out in a desert place in a barren, dry place of torment. And they don't want to be there. They can't survive without energy. And if they can't get energy from you, they go knock on your neighbor's door. And if they can't get energy from them, they go knock on their neighbor's door. Oh, this person looks a little tolerant of depression. She wakes up about three or four days a week swearing something's going to change, but she basically accepts it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Come on, that's how they that's how they think, man. They convince you that you are the depressed one. Until some prophetic guy comes and says, you are not depressed. The Lord doesn't make depressed people. The Lord doesn't make sick people. The Lord doesn't make oppressed people. The Lord makes new creatures who are supernatural, who will cast out demons, heal the sick, and raise the dead. Amen? Amen? So are you a hunter? Tell your neighbor, the Lord's awakening you as a (laughs) (laughs) hunter-killer. So let me tell you a couple stories. I... uh, (laughs) So I was doing a youth camp, I think this is around 2010, um, I was doing a youth camp, and on the last day of the camp, the Lord woke me up one morning, and He starts to talk to me, and He says, today uh, we're going after witchcraft. And He shows me this vision of a Ouija board. And I'm like, what? These are all Christian kids. These are, these are all church-going kids. What? So I started asking me and the Lord are in a conversation. So, so I got the morning session. I got all the older kids, right? I got like 50, ninth, 50, uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders under the covered bridge at youth camp. And I started asking questions because the Lord gave me a word of knowledge with an intent to hunt witchcraft. Okay? To literally deliver these kids from something that was deceiving them. And if you don't believe that that's that's real, I'm I'm going to tell you a story here in a minute, but Deuteronomy 18.9 says, when you come into the land of the Lord your God, which is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, one who lets their children go to the abortion clinic, one who conjures up spells, one who practices as a medium. You shall not have those things. That's what the witches do. That's what the demonic uh, practices do. Okay? You shall not do it. And so you would say, well, the Lord cares that much that He would want all 50 kids. Are you sure it's 50? Isn't it maybe just one? Why don't you just minister to the one? Well, here's why. I get down to the covered bridge, walk start walking through the scripture, I tell the kids exactly what the Lord told me and what he was gonna do. And they all they're all looking at me like this. And I'm like, how many of you guys are using the Ouija board? And I'm expecting a couple. Okay, I'm expecting a couple people, a couple of these young men to raise their hand. And they all they're all sheepishly looking around each other with smirks on their face. Like 40 out of 50 raise their hands. I said, What? And they start confessing. Oh yeah, like two months ago, Johnny, he bought this, and you know we're all sitting around the party one night, and we think it's you know no big deal because we weren't taught, we weren't taught about demonic powers, we weren't talk, we weren't in a place that separated life and death and power and brokenness. We didn't we didn't actually hear it, so we actually just you know they put their hands on it and they start saying these chants, and pretty soon these messages are coming through. And it was pretty cool for like a week. Everybody was like coming to the parties. You know, everybody's coming to the parties. And then Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy gets this visitation and his bed starts shaking at night. And then Billy Bob. Billy Bob is crying. All he does is cry every day because he's shaking in fear. He's tormented. And all these kids start confessing about how they're demonically tormented because of playing the Ouija board. And I'm like how can you orchestrate a deliverance like this? Only oh God. So guess what happened? In the name of Jesus, I command the track. Come out of every one of these kids. I believe these kids, they repent, they're weeping, they're crying, they acknowledge, they've been deceived. Jesus Christ is their Lord, okay? We're casting demons out out of these kids. I got one kid in front of me, hissing at me like a cat, screaming at me. I got kids puking on 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 the floor. I got kids shaking. I got crazy stuff. Amazing stuff. And guess what? About an hour later... All 50 kids are laying under the covered bridge laughing hysterically because the Lord. Because Jesus wanted those kids delivered. deliver. So I have to ask you a question again. Do you hear the voice of God? Because this world is dying. This world is tormented. Maybe some of you are tormented. We'll deal with that here tonight. But here's the deal. The world needs people to hear the voice of God. And not just in churches. Okay? I was preaching um, a few weeks ago in Toledo, and a, a guy called me. Um, I was in Detroit. I was ministering, and we ended up coordinating. He, he goes, I've got this barn, and I've got people coming over my house, all different kind of people. Okay? And so I walk up. He's got the second floor of this barn. It's all decked out. He's got like 70, 80 people um, on the top top floor of this barn. Um, he, he says, It's all yours, man. So I start ministering, and <clears throat> I... I uh, I pointed to a girl and I, it was a simple vision. I said, the Lord's showing me you standing in your house and the appearance of it is everything is swept clean. But there's a closet that you're hiding and you're trembling. And Jesus, I see Jesus putting his hand on you and giving you courage to open the door and let what's behind the door out. And she starts to shake and cry. And and, and I said, why do I see bats flying out of, that, out of that closet? And she's crying and she's weeping and she's being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And she says, well, I dabble in some witchcraft. I do this, I do that. I do all these things. And she goes, but I know Jesus has been bringing me to this point. And she starts repenting. She starts naming horoscopes and mediums and fortune tellers and everything that she's been toying with. She literally, in in front of everybody, she's crying and shaking. Demons are coming out of the girl. People start standing up. And they say, I do that too. I do horoscopes. person over here is saying, yep, I I go to a fortune teller. Um, I do all these things. And I'm like one vision. And people start standing up and confessing and saying, yeah, I'm repenting. And guess what? Deliverance. People are on the floor weeping, crying. Demons are coming out of people. Amen. Amen. Amen? So, how powerful are words of knowledge? The point of this is how powerful are words of knowledge? How do you get words of knowledge? And the nature of Christ is a hunter-killer. He wants His people back. He doesn't want His people playing with anything of the devil. He doesn't want their power taken from them. He doesn't want their wealth taken from them. He doesn't want their spiritual health taken from them. He wants His people to be this most supernatural force on earth. That's you. You are supposed to be the most supernatural force on earth. Demons should tremble when you walk into the room. I had a guy, I had a guy last week. I was. Uh, he called me about a month ago from Vacaville, California. He calls me. He goes, man... I found your podcast on Charisma Podcast School of the Holy Spirit. He goes, I started listening to it. He goes, I've been addicted on like three different uh, painkillers. I've been on different drugs. He goes, I shake at night. I'm tormented. And he's like, I've been doing this for a decade. I've been in Afghanistan in the military. And um, I need help. He goes, I started listening to your stuff. And he goes, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on like uh, message two. I started praying in tongues. And he goes... He goes. I started having peace. I started having peace. He goes. Will you come out here? So we go out. He organizes all this stuff. And last week, him and him and his wife, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. His whole family. He's got like four sisters. They're all praying in tongues. They they immediately start prophesying, right? And the coolest thing about the whole deal is, he goes. He goes after. He goes, about three weeks after, you know, I listened to your stuff and we started getting this all scheduled, he goes, I was sitting upstairs, I was doing what you told me to do, how to pray in the Spirit. He goes, suddenly the Lord shows me this vision of Peter Pan. (laughs) And he goes, it struck me. He goes, goes, you won't believe this. He goes, but my wife and I, we actually believe in fairies. We believe in Peter Pan. And And he goes, I got convicted. He goes, I looked around my house, and there's literally, we have fairies everywhere. We have Peter Pan, Disney stuff all over the place. Um, And he goes, the Lord took me to certain scriptures. And I'll give you the backdrop of this, okay? In Matthew 16, Jesus is walking through Caesarea Philippi. It's the most demonized place on earth. It's the place where they they have the, the god Moloch. They do these abominations with the kids. They make them walk to the fire. They, they kill. They abort the kids. They sacrifice the kids. Um, and they worship the Greek god Pan. Okay? The Greek god Pan is the centerpiece of what is today Peter Pan is the Disney character. Carries the magic wand. Okay? And Jesus walked to that specific place and He asked the disciples a specific question. He says, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say Jeremiah, some say Elijah, some say a prophet. And he goes, no, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the living God. The living God. God present. Not what was written about. God present. And Jesus said, upon this revelation, I am present with you. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. You know what that means? You will be able to pray and hear, hear the word of the Lord, the vision of God, and you will do on earth what I do because I am present with you. That's what Jesus was saying. And he was doing it in the very place where they worshiped the Greek God Pan. Okay? So this guy's confessing. He goes, he goes. I was sitting there. I start rounding all this stuff up. He goes, both of mine. He goes, I have twin boys. They jumped up out of bed because they saw a fairy outside the window and he goes I was scared he goes I could feel the presence of the Lord and I know the Lord was delivering me from an idol that I worshiped he was and 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 not only did he get delivered his kids got delivered one of them couldn't talk in front of people and by the time I left last weekend the kid was talking okay amen all of his sisters were prophesying it was it was it was wild because this guy gets delivered from addiction, gets convicted of idol worship, worshiping a Greek God that many, many of you, you know, are, are, are probably in the same boat. But when you start praying in the Holy Spirit and the Lord starts to reveal things to you rather than you make your decisions based on what culture says is okay, what culture says is normal, the world is a liar. Okay? The world is a liar. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you things that are common and look innocent. But they steal life from you. They literally suck energy out of you. Let me ask you this. Is, is it harder to find an absolute Satanist? Or is it harder to see Satan who comes as an angel life deceiving the masses? What's just Peter Pan? Do you, you know how many spells are cast in those movies? you know how many spells are cast in those movies? I'll get to that in a second here, but here's the deal. Jesus said this, guard your eye gates and your ear gates. Matthew 6.22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But if the eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. He's not talking about, you know, just like what you would perceive as normal sin stuff. He's also talking about being deceived. What you let into your life. What you let into your home. What comes on your TV screen. What comes on your phone. Amen. Amen. What comes through your eye gates. Yep. What comes through your ear gates. Because that whispering inception. For though we. Walk in the flesh. We don't war. According to the flesh. Right. The weapons of a warfare are carnal. But mighty before God. For the pulling down of. Strongholds, whispering thoughts. Well, you, you might say, well, it can't be that bad. Well, let's just talk about this for a minute. Taylor Swift, open, open witch. She's an open witch. She's got her videos are all about witchcraft, but yet she appears as innocent as all get out. 100,000 people in Tampa a few weeks ago. Watching, watching her, her sing, right, right, literally worshiping her till like one a.m. It was, it was like, what the heck is going on? You listen to her music, and it's like, well, that can't be that bad. Well, okay, let me ask you this: If you know that Taylor Swift is a witch, is it a witch with a singing platform, or is it a singer dabbling in witchcraft? It's actually a witch using her platform to cast a spell on the masses. And if you don't think that's real, you're deceived. Okay? A witch using her platform to the world, casting spells on the world. How about Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga openly acknowledges the way she writes her songs. She gets in her little egg Spirits visit her. It's not the Holy Spirit. Spirits visit her, okay? And she begins to write these lyrics. Na, na,
2: na, 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 na. Come on. You know
1: the song? Na, 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 na. It's, it's like this, 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 it like pulls you. Not only the rhythm pulls you, but the words curse you. Well, it's just innocent. I'm just <coughs> running along in the store, not minding my own business. Well, guess what? If those words were written as curses from a witchcraft spirit with an intent and a design to utilize her platform to cast spells on the masses, what's happening to you when you sing those songs? You are cursing yourself because out of your mouth, Jesus said out of the heart, the issues of of the, the, the heart flow. He also said this, out of the mouth the heart speaks. So did you ever ask the question, why do I keep having depression? Why do I keep having sickness? Why do I keep why doesn't why can't I shape this? Could it be that the world has captivated you and convinced you in a deceptive mode that you're just innocently flowing along with the world? And but out of your mouth you're actually cursing yourself. What about Pokemon? Pokemon is absolutely demonic. Let me tell you a story about Pokemon. I was in Toledo, 2020. I was in, I was at a church. I was preaching at a church in Toledo, and I start talking about some of this stuff. And I, out of the blue, in my spirit, drops Pokemon. It was like a word of knowledge. All of a sudden, a, a husband and wife, they they run up to the front. And they had their kids. They have two young boys. They they have a book bag, and they're full of Pokemon cards. And she started. She as she was learning the curses that Pokemon, the spells that are put on each other, put on yourself as you play Pokemon. She starts. She starts bringing all of her kids' stuff. They they literally throw it on the altar. They confess their sin and these sicknesses that they had. In a matter of weeks, we're gone. Come on. Okay. Because of somebody having a revelation that they were cursed by Pokemon, and you may say, well, or if I start thinking about this, what all is cursing me? What all do I let come out of my mouth that came in through my eye gates and my ear gates, settled in my heart and out of my mouth? I actually confess the spell that was intended to deceive me. And give those demonic powers a home. Because if you confess it, if it comes out of your mouth, you actually come into agreement with the spell. And if you come into agreement with the spell, you open the gate to your heart. Listen, man, I used to drink like a fish. Before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, at age, 30, at, at age 36 is when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they used to call me Mr. Case. Okay? You know Why? Because when I, was, when I was in college, I could drink a case and still be walking home. Every night! Why is that, Dave? Well, you know why? Because my grandfather could drink two bottles of Jim Bean in a day and still be walking home. That's a curse! When I got baptized the Holy Ghost, the day I woke up, Guess what I did? I cracked every beer I had in my house and poured it down the drain. This curse is over in the name of Jesus. This curse is over in the name of Jesus. And what I saw with my grandfather breaking tables and putting holes in walls and chasing loved ones out of the house, ready to kill them, the curse finally stopped. Amen. The curse, the curse, the Lord found a man who would stop the curse so that my kids. One have to live in fear. You talk to my mom. My mom, my mom to this day shakes because of the fear she lived in every night, not knowing what was going to happen when my grandfather walked to the door and how drunk he was. But the Lord found a man to break a curse. And that wasn't just a guy with a, a thing for alcohol. That was a demon that drove me to drink. I was so depressed, I was so oppressed. I literally would drink so I could fall asleep. I would I would drink so that I wouldn't feel that numb thing inside of me. And when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit within a matter of weeks, I'm hanging over a garbage can, puking out those demons. You may say, well, "Really? How many preachers? Seriously? How many preachers do you hear openly talking about self deliverance? Deliverance is real, guys. Right? If you and let me let me just put it this way: If you have never had a demon cast out of you, you have a lot you there's a lot for you. There's a there's a lot ahead of you. It's actually kind of fun to get deliverance. Because you no longer you when, when a demon is cast out of you and you're sitting there and going, "Oh my gosh, I no longer have this drive that I have to drink. I no longer have this torment that I'm angry. I no longer have this torment that I want to kill my dad. I no longer have this torment that like Drives you? That's demonic. Okay, that's not you. That's demonic. I've cast thousands of demons out of people. Okay, thousands. And what you think is just you dealing with a oppression, dealing with depression, dealing with an anxiety and a fear, dealing with a sickness. It's demonic. I'm telling you, it's demonic. Okay. Jesus said this to the woman who was bent over. He says "You, were, you that, that the spirit of infirmity was driven out of her. Right? That's what the Scripture says. The boy that threw himself in the fire described as epilepsy, foaming at the mouth. Jesus said, you have a lunatic spirit. And he drove it out of the boy. Demonic! One of the most revelatory things a person can have is the revelation that all these years I've, I've been enslaved in this torment, in this fear, this pain, and you mean, that's not me. It's deliverance. <sighs> it's healing. That's right. Come out. Amen? So here, here's the deal, guys. So if I were to ask you these questions, who here has who been hypnotized?
2: <laughs>
1: Demonic. Who here has been involved in levitation? Levitation demonic? Who's been involved in astral projection? How about touch healing? How about vows made to cults? Anybody make a vow to to the Masons? Huh? Any secret society stuff? How about horoscopes? Why would you go to a horoscope to determine what's going to go into your future rather than go to the God who promises He'll speak to you. Amen. Why would you open that paper and say, oh, it's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good month. <laughs> get the heck out of here. That's a lying spirit. Amen. That's a demon. Yeah. Did you ever get delivered of it? How about a fortune teller? Have you been to a fortune teller? Huh? Demonic. Absolutely Demonic. Are you tormented after you went to a fortune teller? Huh? Do you realize that when a fortune teller, they read your palm or they're actually looking into you, it's it's the same prophetic gift. It's just pimped by a demonic spirit. Right. Yep. And like, you're going to see me prophesy over people. You're going to see people get healed. People get delivered. But you know what a witch does? You know what? A fortune teller, a fortune teller is a witch. When they actually read your fortune, they are prophesying your death. Yep. They are actually literally linking you to the demon that is picturing your future. That's a demon. That's just not somebody saying, oh, I'm reading your lines and da-da-da. No. When a spirit is speaking through a prophetic gift through a fortune teller, they literally are releasing demonic destiny over you. I don't know why. Everything went south after that. I don't know this. I, I mean, listen, man. It's demonic. It's demonic. Demons, they're real. They're all around us. Yet the church lets them in the doors. You know why? Because there's no hunter killers in the church. You know what I used to do in the back of the church? You know how I got raised up in the back of the church About 17, 18 years ago, I would stand in the back of the church whenever I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I would literally, I'd be praying Sunday morning. I'd be praying before service on Saturday night. I'd be praying before service on Wednesday. And I would wait in in the back of the church. And they'd get up here and praise and worship. People with their hands up. And and I would say, who, Lord? Who's getting delivered tonight? Because I was aligning my heart with the one who said, My spirit is upon you to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out demons. And I would sit there, and the Lord would start pointing to me—the guy with the Harley jacket on, beard with a teardrop on his face. What? He killed somebody. I don't care. You're going to deliver that guy. All right, baby. And I would—I would pray. I would go say, "This is what the Lord says to you." And have, have Harley guys laying on the floor, shaking and crying in the presence of the Lord.
2: Amen.
1: That's how the Lord raised me up. That's how the Lord raised me up. How did He raise you up? Come on, church. How did He raise you up? You, say, you may say, well, I've been sitting in church for 15 years, 20 years. I've never been raised up like that. Well, you need raised up under an apostolic leader. Amen. You need raised up under somebody who says, I don't care, but by the time uh, next month comes around in 30 days, not only are you going to be praying in tongues, but you're going to see in the vision of the Lord. You're going to be casting demons out of people. You're going to be Amen. hearing what the Lord is saying to you. You have a purpose and a plan. Amen? Amen. No more Lady Gaga? Oh. Amen? <laughs> Astrologers, huh? crystal balls, handwriting, mind reading, omens, tarot cards, tea leaf reading. Amen? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> but the Lord's awakening hunter killers, guys. The Lord is pouring out His anointing. He promised that He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, that you would dream His dream, that you would see His vision. And if you see His vision, He would make you the most supernatural force on earth. He would make you something you could never make in your own. In 2015, I was, uh, I was just doing church stuff, okay? The Lord came to me in a dream. And He says, basically, I'm sending you to India. He says, a man from India is going to call you, and you're going to go. And I woke up. And I told my wife. I said, "This is a crazy one, but this is what he said to me." <coughs> Seven days later, my phone rings. David, you have to come. I saw you preaching. I saw you preaching. You need to come to India. <laughs> and guess what? That may sound odd. I get calls. You know, maybe you get a text or somebody trying to take your money from India all the time. <laughs> but guess what? You know what made it. You know, made, you know what made it supernatural for me? is the Lord gave me a dream and said it was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah. And when yeah. the rest is history. Yeah. Okay? The rest is history. Yeah. That guy who never left the country somehow now is crisscrossing oceans 20 hours back and forth because the Lord wants to get thousands of pastors in India baptized in the Holy Ghost that they would dream His dream and see His vision. Not just be Bible-bought readers. Not just be people that read Scriptures and look religious but they would be present with God doing supernatural things. Amen? Amen? You guys okay? Yeah. You know I love you? Yeah. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost make me your end time warrior. warrior. Come on, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost make me your end time warrior. Make me your Give, your Give me visions. Give me dreams. Baptize being your spirit tonight. Your spirit. In supernatural fire.
2: Fire.
1: Make, me so Make me so unusual that I would not try to be like the dead ones, but I would be safe in your presence, in your
2: presence.
1: knowing no that you're sending me to, send me to the darkest places on the earth. Come on, send me to the drug infested neighborhoods. To cast the demons out of out of the people in need. Come on, send me to the neighborhoods that need people to get healed. Send me to the people that need to see Jesus' presence. That's what the Lord told me when, when He sent me to India the first time. He sat he came in my room, and He said, "I didn't bring you here to talk about me. I brought you here to
2: introduce me." Mm-hmm.
1: Write that on your arm. Write that on your ear. I don't need, the Lord doesn't need anybody else talking about Him. He needs people that carry Christ to say, oh my gosh, Jesus is here. Jesus is present. The miracle worker is here. The deliverer is here. Amen? Amen. You may say, well, how how does this happen? Well, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You start praying in tongues. And the Lord promises He's going to speak to you. That's what the scripture says. For we Romans eight twenty six. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that we don't understand. You mean it's as simple as I lay down my religious view of Jesus and I actually embrace the Spirit of God? The Book of Romans chapter eight says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit from God. So if Jesus gave you one thing called the Holy Spirit, and that one Holy Spirit gives you one gift that allows you to cry out to Him supernaturally, would you use it?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Those of you who don't pray in tongues, why don't you? Has a theology eradicated the most powerful gift on earth from your heart? I would say, yeah. If you don't pray in tongues, it's not because the Lord doesn't want you to pray in tongues. He actually says, These signs will follow those that believe. You will pray in tongues. Did you hear that? Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, you will. Tell your neighbor, you will. pray in tongues. You will. Not maybe. Will. Will. You see, I walked as a dead man. I walked as a dead man. I went into churches for 36 years and I was convicted every time I went in because I knew I was so far from God. I knew I was so far from God. It's not even funny. Nothing in the church convicted me because nobody spoke the vision of the Lord. But here's the deal about tongues. When you pray in tongues, the Lord promises He will speak to you. Not if. People say, well, I don't pray because I don't know what to say. Well, you know how the Lord eradicates that lie? He actually gives you new language, and you let the Holy Spirit pray through you, so you don't even know what you need to pray for as you ought, which is what the Scripture says, and you actually trust the Holy Spirit to pray through you. Literally, crying out through you. Siho mama so te si te Why is that so important? Because I don't know what I'm praying for. But the Lord says, if you pray in my language, I will teach you. I will impart to you. I will equip you. Where's that at in Scripture, Dave? Well, glad you asked. Great question. (laughs) Great question. Isaiah 28, verse 9, 10, 11 says this. For whom will the Lord teach knowledge? The word knowledge there actually means to be supernaturally encountered by God. To whom will the Lord encounter Verse 10 says this. Is it the guy in the pulpit repeating line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little? In verse 11, if you read the Amplified, in verse 11 it says, No, the Lord will teach you with a stammering lip and another tongue. Wait, that's not natural. Yeah, that's right. It's not natural. It's supernatural. How do you get visions for people? How do you prophesy over people for ten hours in one day? You know why? Because the Lord taught me to pray. And then He taught me His voice. And then He took me to heaven. And then He had me encounter angels. And then He had all these supernatural things happen to me. And spoke to me. And prophesied over me. Sang over me. Equipped me. And gave me gifts that are not of this world. And that's why I trust His voice flowing through me. I don't know what I'm going to do here. But here's the deal. Oh my gosh, i got a vision. What the Lord wants to do. You see, that's what church is supposed to look like. What would happen if you all came together and simply waited and prayed in tongues and let the Lord speak and let him have his way? You actually let the Holy Spirit be present instead of just talking about Jesus. What would it look like? What would you look like? What would your prayer life look like? How many people in your house would be filled with the Holy Spirit? How many demons would be cast out and people in your neighborhood? How many cities would the Lord have been sending you to? Because you actually sat down and said, you know what, I'm tired of being just a dead religious guy. I'm going to do it your way, Lord. And all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord hits you. You're crying, you're weeping. The Lord's showing you things. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. How does that happen? How does that happen? Because he wants to speak to his sons and daughters. Well, Dave, you don't sound like a normal preacher. You know why I don't sound like a normal preacher? Because my assignment isn't to do normal dead church. My assignment is to awaken mighty men. Mighty men who actually grab bears by the mouth, who rip lions apart, who throw stones at giants and take them down, who do things that a man cannot do. You see, most of the church does things that are don't require Jesus. But when you hear the Lord say, I'm going to send you down to this bar, there's a guy in a, in a plaid shirt, he's broken, and he needs you to say this to him. This is what I'm sending you to do. And you walk in the bar, you're surrounded by 20 Harley guys, they're laughing, da da, da and, and you are going to walk over there and say, hey man, put your beard down. The Lord has a plan for your life. And this is what the Lord says.
2: Come on. Amen.
1: Come on, man. You know, why men, you know why most men don't go to church? Number one, they're actually smart. Because going to dead places, it just does something to men. Men are supposed to be wild. Men are supposed to be like crazy wild. Like untamable, undeniable, uncontrollable, supernatural. I used to lay on my floor. In 2014, you guys ever see that movie, um, what's that? Lone Survivor. I don't know what happened to me, but... I was watching the movie and the Lord hit me, man, with a lightning bolt. And I was I was sitting there watching the movie and I'm like, this is 2014. This is the year before the Lord sent me to India. I'm watching the movie, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, would I give my life the way those four guys gave their life? Knowing they were walking into danger. Well, can I do that? And I, I laid on the ground, I laid on the floor of my of my house in the living room floor and cried out like a like a I, I can't even describe it. This cry came out of me because I realized I was numb. I was I was like, what drives me? What is giving me purpose? I will be that. Lord just please give me a mission. I begged him, please, please, please give me that mission. And it was like somewhere around six or seven months later is when the Lord started giving me dreams about India. And I've been to India one, as most, half of my missions were one guy in India ministering to hundreds of thousands of people. How does that happen? Because the Lord can take one guy and make you something that you could never make on your own. But it's, it's not dead religion that can't do it. Just checking the box on Sunday doesn't do it. It's you and the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's you and the Holy Spirit. And so here's the deal. I want to lead you through some prayer. Um we're going we're gonna, to, some of you, I know a lot of people raised their hands when I started talking about fortune telling and all that stuff. Um, so I want to lead you guys through some prayers, okay? Because we're going to renounce some of that stuff and we're going to um, get you set up to receive the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants His temple. He doesn't want you sharing with anybody. He doesn't want demons tormenting you. He doesn't want that oppression on you. He wants you set free in His presence. Okay? So we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you through some prayers. And after that, I'm going to pray for people that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Alright, here's the deal. You guys ready? How about we get everybody to stand up? Let me get people engaged. Some of you guys are... Some of you right now, your bellies are queasy. Some of you guys are angry? It's all get out. That's normal. That's what happens when demons are about to be expelled. Okay? So don't run out of here. Alright, you guys ready? Say this with me. Say, in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus I repent of every way that my eye gates and ear gates
2: have,
1: have been filled with witchcraft. I repent in every way. That my, that my mouth confessed witchcraft by watching TV, watching, TV, watching movies, watching movies and, singing songs and singing songs that were generated by witches. Generated by witches. Deliver me, O oh Lord. Me, oh Lord. I, break all I break all generational curses of pride, of pride lust, lust, perversion, perversion rebellion, rebellion, and witchcraft. witchcraft. Come out in the name of Jesus. Idolatry. idolatry, idolatry, and rejection. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come on, fear, come out in the name of Jesus. Confusion, come out in the name of Jesus. Addiction, come out in the name of Jesus. Come on, the spirit of death and destruction, come out in the name of Jesus. Oppression, come out in the name of Jesus generational depression, come out in the name of Jesus. Come on, broken relationships, come out in the name of Jesus. Divorce, come out in the name of Jesus. Come on, pain, come out in the name of Jesus. I command all generational spirits that came into my life through conception, come out in the name of Jesus. I break all spoken curses. I break all, spoken I break all spoken curses and negative words, negative words that, I've over my life, that I've spoken over my life. Especially the demonic songs, the demonic songs that have come out of my mouth. my mouth. Make me conscious, Holy Spirit. Make me conscious, Holy Spirit. Of everything I let in my eyes, everything that comes into my ears, so that only your grace will come out of my mouth. So that
2: only your grace
1: I command, all I command all ancestral spirits to come out in the name of Jesus. I break every curse that my forefathers, my forefathers made when they made vows to secret societies. Made made to secret
2: societies. The,
1: Freemasons the
2: Freemasons
1: or any group of people, group of people that forced my, my forefathers to commit their life and make curses on their children. I forgive my forefathers. I say we war no more. In the name of Jesus, that curse is broken over my life. I am free. I break all legal rights of every generational spirit operating behind a curse. In the name of Jesus, bind and rebuke every familiar spirit a and rebuke
2: and every familiar spirit
1: and spirit guide, and spirit
2: guide
1: that, came into my life that came into my life through a fortune teller through a fortune teller through a Ouija board through, a Ouija board through, a Ouija board through hypnosis through hypnosis through any form of witchcraft, through any form of witchcraft known, or unknown known or unknown I repent. In the, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I command fear, I command fear and, anxiety, and anxiety, that anxiety that torments me at night, me at night because, because, of because of any witchcraft. I command it to leave now in the name of Jesus. I renounce all false beliefs and
2: philosophies, and philosophies,
1: and philosophies inherited, by inherited by my ancestors, especially dead Christian, especially dead Christian theology. Come on, you got to know that's a curse. Dead Christian theology is a curse, guys. I don't care if it says Jesus. If it's dead and powerless, that's not Jesus. That's a false belief. That's a false theology. In the name of Jesus, I break all false theology.
2: In the name of Jesus, I break all false theology. The Jesus, all false theology. That
1: is rooted in a demonic intent. That is rooted in a demonic intent. To make me powerless. To make me powerless. To make me confused. To make me confused. In the, name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, I command that spirit, I command that spirit to leave my life, to
2: leave my life right, now.
1: right now. In the name of Jesus, I break every curse of sickness. I command disease to leave my body. Every form of inherited sickness leave my body now.
2: Every form of inherited sickness leave my body now. I renounce
1: every form of witchcraft.
2: I Go in, go in the
1: name of Jesus. Sorcery, go in the name of Jesus. Divination, go in the name of Jesus. I renounce all curses spoken over my life by witches. I renounce all curses spoken
2: over my life by witches.
1: I repent for witchcraft. Hypnosis. Psychic readings. Psychic prayers. Enchantments. Spells. Fortune tellers. Fortune tellers, tarot cards, tarot cards. Tarot cards. necromancy, divination, potions, Ouija boards, Sweetie crystal balls, crystal balls. Crystal balls. Astrology. Astrology. Especially astrology. Especially astrology, especially astrology, especially signs of the zodiac, horoscopes. <inaudible> Come on, I repent. I repent. Leave, me Leave me now in the name of Jesus. I renounce every connection, known or unknown, to the Masonic Lodge. I renounce any and all addiction to drugs. Addiction, leave my life.
2: Come
1: on, lay your hand on the person next to you and say, Addiction, leave my life. Leave their life. Come on, addiction, leave their life. Come on, leave their life. Pain, leave their life. Brokenness, leave their life. Shame, leave their life. Anger, leave their life. Hurt, leave their life. Depression, leave their life. Come on, oppression, leave their life now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I am now addicted to the Holy Spirit. I am now addicted to the Holy Spirit. Every voice that is not the Holy Spirit. I give you permission, Lord, I give you permission, Lord to, root out, to root out, tear down, tear down, tear down and,
2: destroy, and
1: destroy. And speak your vision in my life. Speak your vision in my life. That your plan for me your plan would, for would be established. God's a peace. God's of, of purpose. Thoughts of, of provision. That's of supernatural life. A supernatural life. That's my expectation, Lord. My expectation, Lord. In, the in the name of Jesus. Take a deep breath. You feel the electricity in here? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you realize that you have the power to cleanse the atmosphere like this every day of your life? Yeah. Seriously, do you feel do you feel the presence of the Lord resting on your head see a lot of you have have voices speaking to you and you think it's normal it's not normal and when you start to pray like this you start to recognize my gosh it, I feel peace my gosh I feel, I feel like like it, it begins to get you intoxicated right mm-hmm. amen. amen all right well, let's do this um, who here's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit? If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want to pray in tongues, we're going to start praying with you. Okay? It's not a matter of if. It's, it's the fact that you are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the intent of the Lord. Amen? Alright, so before we pray, here's the deal. We've got, a great, we've got a great theological question up here. We've got a person who for some reason was trained that maybe tongues scared for different reasons. Um, they believe in prophecy, but not really tongues. Okay? Right? Is that, is that not that great? I don't believe
0: it. I do believe in all the gifts. So you don't but really just, need it. I was like, I didn't feel like I needed it. It wasn't my desire to get that. So I told the Lord I didn't want it because I would prefer double prophecy. So
2: I All right, well, understand. let me give you a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Number one, prophecy is an outcrop of tongues. Okay, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the wind of heaven came, first thing they did was pray in tongues. Mm -hmm. Prophecy came, and then the city was filled with the intoxicating presence of the Lord because they prophesied, but before they prophesied, they learned to pray. Okay, Acts chapter 19, Paul's walking through Ephesus, he comes across 12 disciples, they say, we haven't even heard of Jesus. Paul says, well then, who have you been baptized in? They said, well, we've baptized in John's repentance. And Paul says, well, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He lays hands on them. They get baptized in Christ. They pray in tongues and they prophesy. Right. The pattern, the same pattern. They pray in tongues and prophesy. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession through us with a groan. Mm-hmm. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. I wish you all pray in tongues even more than you prophesy. Why? Because tongues edifies you. Edification is a concept of hearing the voice of the Lord. It actually equips you to draw the, the Lord to speak to you so that you can prophesy. Okay? It will actually increase your prophetic gift. Okay? The intent is that we have a heart cry that's supernatural. Okay? So... I'm not going to put you on the spot. Here's the deal. Jesus says this about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, They they are for the people according to the distribution by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11 says that the the mind of the Spirit actually literally distributes the gifts of the Spirit. But here's the deal about tongues and why tongues is so unique. Because tongues actually draws the Lord. It actually amplifies the groan what you're describing as a groan, and the gift of tongues um, actually draws the Lord to speak to you. So you're not just positioning yourself to hear Him. If you see somebody in need, you actually can begin to pray in the Spirit and draw the Lord to discern His heart for those people. Okay? But here's the deal. Paul said it, Paul said it like this, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more than you prophesy. Why? Because if you pray in the Spirit... He's going to equip you with prophecy that actually heals the sick, raises the dead, equips people, does the supernatural. Okay? He wants His church equipped. Okay? So you believe everything I just taught you? Yeah. Yeah, you want the the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Amen? So theology is a very powerful thing, right? And so when theology is rooted in a person and that thought process of like the Lord whether the Lord doesn't love you or it's not for you, um, if the Lord wanted you to have it and you've gotten it. Those are all excuses. Okay? Alright, say this with me, guys. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe you died on that cross. I believe you died on that cross. Not only for my sin, for my sin. but to break down the middle wall of separation.
2: But to break down the middle wall
1: of separation to draw me close to the presence of the Lord to draw me close to the presence to baptize of the Lord. me in the spirit of to, to baptize me, the me in the spirit of God me so that the spirit of God could bypass all of my inabilities so the spirit of God could bypass all of my that you would give me a language of heaven that you would give me a language of that you understand That, you would, understand. that you would awaken every gift of the spirit in me i want to dream your dreams I want to see your visions. I want to see I want words of knowledge. I want words of knowledge. I want discerning of spirits. I want discerning of spirits. I want interpretation of tongues. I want interpretation. I want faith. I want wisdom. I want words of knowledge. I want prophecy. I want the working of miracles. I want the working of miracles. That is my birthright. That is my birthright. I want, to the earth I want to ravage the earth and set people free, free from divine power. God. Come on, baptize the Holy Spirit. On the count of day. three, you ready? Come on, two, one, three, two, three. Come on, fill, Holy Spirit. Fill. Fill. Fill, Holy Spirit. Fill. Fill. Come on, fill. Fill. Fill in the name of Jesus. Fill. Come on, fill. 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 come on, fill, fill in Jesus' name. Fill in the name of Jesus. Come on, fill, fill in the name of Jesus. And here's the way this works, guys. how you know, when you have to crank the Harley over, it takes a couple of kicks. But when you crank it over, it burns like a kitten. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you through some, some words, some, some, some tongues. I want you to start repeating after this. Okay, what I'm teaching you though is coming out of your head. Ultimately, I'm just jump-starting the gift that's inside of you, okay? When the gift starts to flow out of your belly, literally, you won't be thinking anymore. You'll be letting the Holy Spirit flow through you. It sounds like goo goo Literally, the scripture in Isaiah 28, the interpretation is literally the heart cry of of a baby, goo goo Everybody's language is different. Don't, once once it kicks in, don't be concerned that you don't sound like anybody else. I've had people just and it's like it's like an engine kicking up and, and all of a sudden turning over. Okay, so so however it bubbles up out of you, I just I want you to flow with it. All right, so say this with me, church. Say, viste, day, la cinta, lo dal che la testa
2: forse la nepe vestene se gosta
1: vorè calaventa e Nicola d'Andrea shova passito crastro vorè tende castelmete Yes, la That's it, you got 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 it, that's it, you got it.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcupett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.